Welcome to Utilizing Tech, the podcast about emerging technology from Gestalt IT. This season of Utilizing Tech focuses on Compute Express Link, or CXL, a new technology that promises to revolutionize enterprise computing. I'm your host, Stephen Foskett, organizer of Tech Field Day and publisher of Gestalt IT. Joining me today as co-host is Craig Rogers. Hi, Stephen. Good to see you again. Um, are you looking forward to talking about what Rambos are doing in the CXL space? Excellent. Yes, indeed I am. Um, many of us are very familiar with Rambus over the years. Uh, we've encountered the company, and then I think a lot of us know that Rambus is responsible for some of the well, some of the basic uh, structure of how server memory is is constructed these days. But I think some people might have some some questions about sort of where that goes into CXL. But I mean, if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense that a company like Rambus would be in the CXL space because in order to make this stuff real. Uh, there's going to need to be a lot of focus on the things that they have dealt with in the past. Reliability, availability, serviceability, uh, security, uh, basically making this thing enterprise grade, right? Absolutely. Um, given Rambos's historical exposure and experience with, with memory and CXL first leveraging memory to, to enter the market, it, it, it makes absolute sense. So that's, uh, let's then bring in our guest. Um, welcome, um, Mark Orthodoxu of uh, VP of Strategic Marketing for Rambus. Uh, welcome to the show. It's good to have you here. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, yeah, like you said, my name is Mark Orthodoxu, VP of Strategic Marketing for uh, Data Center Products here at Rambus. It's nice to talk to you guys today. So, Mark, uh, you heard what we had to say there. Um, you know, what are the, let's start right off the bat with the, the sort of things that might hold back memory across CXL from really taking root in, um, well, basically big production environments. Yeah, that's a great question. And one that I feel like, um, you know, as an ecosystem, we don't necessarily talk enough about because let's face it, for the first time ever, um, we're talking about taking system memory, sticking it off a serial interface, moving the memory controller off the CPU. And uh, what are the implications of that? I mean, um, the biggest implication, of course, is that that has to be reliable. And you said it in your intro there. Um, I think uh, the industry as a whole needs to kind of really focus in that area. If you think about the main CPU players, the Intels, the AMDs of the world that have for many, many years honed their memory controllers to work with um, system memory, mostly in the form of RDIMs, that's a lot of man years of effort that have gone into ensuring that there's the right ECC technology, that there's um, you know no silent data corruption under most every use case, things of that nature. A lot of that work now has to be recreated by third parties, um, and that is not a easy task. Now, companies like Rambus, who have been in the memory business for a long time, are you know uniquely capable of doing that with some of the insights we've gained working with the memory suppliers, but that's one major element. Um, the second piece of it is security, as you also mentioned in your intro. I mean, now we're moving memory a little further from the CPU, security becomes a concern, um, and uh, that has to be, that has to be uh, dealt with appropriately. Um, and then I think more broadly, you know, you talk about just the standards work that's required to ensure everybody's aligned on the foundational requirements for this type of memory attachment. Um, a lot of work needs to be done there too. And Rambus is heavily involved in all those areas. The, the, 
you mentioned there about standards. It, it, it's so important for something this big and, and this open, you know, with so many members of the CXL consortium, it's so important that this is all properly standardized and for adoption to take place, it's going to have to be standardized. You know, um, it, companies won't simply throw it into a data center on, on the assumption that it's going to work. You know, they're, they're going to want to know how it works, how reliably it works and how well they can maintain that, you know, with serviceability moving forward. The standards activities are quite um, involved now around CXL attachment uh, of memory in particular, not strictly speaking memory, but a lot of focus is in that area. <clears throat> I mean, everybody knows the CXL consortium, of course, which really uh, is the foundational standards body that's essentially delivering the protocol. Rambus heavily active in that area. We actually, as of January of this year, we sit on the board of directors for the CXL consortium. Um, and actually are the only memory uh, uh, company that's building memory uh, silicon that, that does so. Um, and that's one obviously major thrust. So, so foundationally, all the, all the ecosystem players have to come together to make sure that the protocol itself is suitable for the application. But that's just one part of it. Uh, a lot of other standards bodies now are very involved um, by necessity because, as you pointed out, how do we use this stuff in production as things really ramp up over the next couple of years? And that has at least two other major components. One is um, what are the form factors and the standard, um, the, 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 the most important requirements for the controllers that will implement this type of technology? Um, so, uh, you know, JEDEC is very active in that. And, you know, Rambus has been um, working closely with JEDEC for many, many years. Uh, that standard, just like it's important in the RDIM industry is, is going to be important in the CXL industry. But then also, how do we manage this stuff at a software level, right? So you have bodies like OCP. Um, just back late last year, um, a new work group was formed formally, uh, the Composability Memory Systems work group within OCP. And what is that group doing? Well, that's that group is essentially building um, an open source fabric manager for the purposes of managing all this tiered memory, which is going to be, um, you know, foundational for its use as we go forward in the Linux community, there's kernel work to ensure open source kernels. So all this standards activity has to come together. Um, the ecosystem has to agree, agree on all these things for this to be deployed um, in, in any kind of meaningful volume in a ubiquitous way. And, you know, Rambus is heavily involved in all those groups. Um, as are many of our um, customers and partners. So um, it's a very exciting time. It's it's really positive, I think, to see such broad activity across all these standards bodies. It speaks to the importance of the technology. Yeah, I think that's what's been interesting to us here on the podcast is is just the number of companies, the breadth of the companies that are involved, and all of the different um, uh, well, the resources and ideas and technologies that are being brought together. And it's really, I think, important that companies like Rambus are there as well because of the long history, uh, not just in terms of, um, you know, <laughs> patents and technology, but even just understanding of this market. I mean, it's a, it's a you know, the, Rambus is a company that, that has worked in the enterprise industry, enterprise server industry and cloud servers, uh, well, Nintendo 64, uh, everything uh, for so long. And, and yet 
um, having that kind of background and bringing that to the table is important because, you know, for me as a, a storage guy, uh, one of the things that kills me is, you know, people kind of come in and sit down and they're kind of like, oh, how hard could storage be? We'll just, you know, we'll just store some data. It'll be fine. Well, it's the same thing with memory. I mean, people come in, um, you know, if, if they don't know the memory business and you don't have the background in this and you don't understand what it takes to make memory reliable and to handle the issues that are going to happen and to predict what issues are going to happen, because we've seen this before and we'll see it again, uh, you don't you don't ask the right questions and then you don't have something that's reliable. You don't have something that's highly available. And, and so it's good to have, you know, that kind of background being brought to the table. So what is it that specifically that Rambus is bringing in terms of understanding of system memory to CXL? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Stephen. Thank you. I mean, um, well, first of all, I can't claim any responsibility for what we were doing back in with, the, with Nintendo as uh, many years ago. I'm about a year and a half new to Rambus, but I mean, the, the reason why I joined the team was because I feel that Rambus brings something very unique to this ecosystem. And I've been a big believer in the serialization of memory for many years now, um, all the way from back when, you know, we were talking about things like C6 and OpenCAPI or OMI and Gen Z and CXL clearly has sort of taken the lead from an ecosystem adoption standpoint. And what Rambus brings is rather unique. First of all, as you pointed out, we have a great deal of uh, historical contribution to the memory ecosystem through inventions and involvement with um, the memory suppliers by supplying chipsets that live in the RDIMs that today ship ubiquitously in the data center. Um, and we also have this um, rather unique pool of IP to draw from that we ourselves develop and, and sell to third parties in the form of CXL controller IP, PCIe controller IP, CERTES, security blocks, um, and then a very strong SOC design team within Rambus that's you know able to take all these pieces and put them together to do something I think pretty special. And so when you look at the memory ecosystem and you think about companies that really kind of know the nuts and bolts of what it is to take um, things like DRAM and make them consumable um, on a mass scale, Rambus is rather unique. Now, um, when, you, when you think about the different ways that memory are gonna, is going to be deployed with CXL, um, there's a whole bunch of different variations on that. And that's also important to consider in answering your question because um, there's a great deal of complexity, as I mentioned, in recreating the memory controller, taking it off the CPU and putting it external and then attaching RDIMs to that. You have to consider all the reliability things that any CPU would need to consider. But there's another type of use case as well, which is where DRAM is populated directly down on a board next to something like a CXL memory controller that necessitates um, an understanding of capabilities that are very analogous to what today you find in things like an RCD that live on an RDIM. And very few companies have the understanding and the, um, the background to make that a productizable thing as well. There's a lot of nuance to it. So those are just a couple of things that come to mind. Um, well, I guess one other thing before I, you know, uh, in answering your question, um, you know, uh, Rambus has done a lot of acquisitions leading up to uh, this point, and a lot of them were focused on enabling us in this area. Um, one of the more recent ones is an acquisition we did of a company called Hardent. They're based in Montreal, Canada, 
Um, and uh, their expertise is in the areas of ECC, in the areas of compression, and it kind of hints to the types of things that we feel are necessary to have a very deep understanding of to make this thing successful. So, so those are a few things um, uh, in answer to your question. Yeah, and it's interesting too that you bring up um, sort of non-memory um, thing, non-memory topics as well, because of course the differentiator for CXL memory is that it's going over PCI Express. It's probably going to be going over fabrics. There's probably going to be other types of um, of uh, I/O passing alongside it. Uh, there's a lot of questions that go beyond um, sort of what needed to be asked when you're talking about memory on a system bus, isn't there? So I think it, it's important to bring in um, you know those kind of things, uh, you know, bring in that kind of understanding. Maybe it's storage based or it's uh, you know interconnect GPU based. Yeah those kind of understandings and meld them with how memory needs to work, right? Right, well, I mean, exactly, 100%. I mean, when you when you take a step back and you look at the big picture here, I mean, what is CXL offering? Well, it's offering a new attach point for memory in one of its often talked about use cases. Why is that important? Well, that's important because today, I mean, there's lots of documentation or, or papers and, 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 and talks about how important memory is from a cost standpoint, how the need for memory is growing, and what are the tools that are available in the absence of CXL to the system architect? It's really, you have HBM and you have various types of direct attached DDR. Well, um, you know, and then you have storage, right? Uh, there was a, there was an attempt to bridge that gap a little bit with things like 3D Crosspoint. That's not really an option now. So 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 what are the tools that we have in the toolbox? Well, CXL creates a whole bunch of those tools by creating these memory tiers. And as soon as you have these memory tiers, which to your point is very analogous to storage in the past, you have a whole bunch of different things you need to think about. Um, you need to think about um, whether or not and what the use case is from a latency standpoint, um, for example, on whether or not you encrypt that memory. Um, you need to think about things like um, storage techniques that are not entirely different from an FTL style layer you might see in um, flash SSDs today when you want to do some kind of post-processing on a cooler tier of memory in order to use that memory more efficiently. Um, there's a whole bunch of enterprise storage concepts that become very applicable to the memory space. Um, just pure data integrity through silicon and end-to-end -end in a system is, a, is an art that was really, um, in many ways, perfected in storage that is very applicable to the memory space. And I think um, carrying all those ideas forward in a, in a deliberate manner, right? We can't bite off too much too quickly, is going to be how this 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 market actually is realized how people actually start to find reliable ways to use this these new types of memory tier to solve some of these problems given again today their only option is throw more hbm at it or throw more direct attached ddr at it which is fraught with all kinds of limitations yeah, the, there's been huge parallels between where we were with storage and where we're going with memory and one of the first things we did you know we, you know we had huge amounts of wasted storage and physical servers you know that just weren't using it so and the solution was pooling it and virtualization now we're doing the same with memory we're pooling the memory to to let us 
mitigate that that wasted resource and it's an expensive resource to waste but it you know where we started off with storage with basic raid and then went into erasure coding you know storage has evolved over time and you know and ssds and nvmes it, it'd be interesting to see where memory goes now once you know that 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 pooling is going to be a foundation that other services you know things that we haven't even thought of yet <laughs> you know no, nobody was thinking of erasure coding on a physical server you know it, it was it, it'd be very interesting to see where it goes yeah no i i fully agree and there's a lot of um conversations being had um both in closed door meetings and in standards discussions around exactly that universe of of uh application space um and there are a lot of different thoughts on the right way to um, to to architect such a system. I mean, as you pointed out in storage, we saw that evolution happen in, in the form of different types of storage media with different types of interfaces um, migrating to you know things like JBODs or JBOFs that attach to a number of servers. Will we see similar things for memory? I think we will. Um, will they live on the other end of a fabric? I think eventually they will. Um, there's a lot of a lot of things to work through to get to that point. Um, so I think that's a that's a an inevitable place that we will get to. Um, I do think we need to crawl, walk, run a little bit as an industry. And and again, I mean, to sort of the way we started this conversation, I mean, there are some foundational things to address in order to uh, really convince um, the ecosystem that we have a reliable way to use this memory with the correct performance profile. Um, and the right software infrastructure to manage it. And then that will continue to grow and we will eventually see, um, we will eventually um, you know, reach that end of the rainbow where um, we're, we're able to effectively utilize memory directly and remotely and with reliability so that the architects have truly all the tools in their toolbox to architect servers and racks and data centers the way that they would like to depending on the workloads that they have, which are themselves widely varied. We're, we're starting off with memory pooling and we, we believe that that's going to be quite rapidly and widely adopted. We don't know about say the future of CXL, you know, features in three, four, five, etc. you know, and, and I'm getting these visions in my head of memes, you know, uh, design and uh, user experience, you know, you have companies like Rambus now that are building these, that, that are creating the, the tools. And then we're going to have companies who are actually building the CXL solutions. Where do you see those solutions going long, longer term? What, after memory pooling, what do you believe would be the next adoption down the CXL roadmap? Well, there's a number of ways that we can, um, we, we can look at a few different directions. Um, so as you point out, memory pooling is broadly talked about, it delivers, um, it seems to deliver a pretty obvious value proposition, which is use that, um, that, that expensive resource more efficiently, free up capital to purchase more memory, but use it smarter, uh, purchase more data center infrastructure. Um, but I think, um, we will see pooling of memory start to also eventually over time, just more broadly become a foundational new component of what has often been talked about in recent years, which is the disaggregation of the rack, right? 
So, so I think what a lot of um, cloud service providers and large private cloud companies would love to get to is a truly um, sort of heterogeneous composable rack where they can plug and play things wherever they like. And that means also the attachment of GPUs and accelerators, the ability to do direct transfers from memory to memory, from cache to cache across those heterogeneous, heterogeneous components. So that is, I think one certain direction that the ecosystem is trying to move towards after strictly speaking pooling of memory. I think the pooling of memory is talked about most um, uh, nearest term in terms of that sort of uh, far memory because it is such an expensive resource. There's never been a solution for this before. Whereas we do have some solutions right now for disaggregation of things like GPUs and accelerators over PCIe. And there's also some proprietary solutions out there as most people know. Um, but putting that all together kind of is then the next step. Uh, you can't really do that effectively, uh, strictly speaking over, for example, PCIe. You need something like um, um, uh, CXL and the protocol enhancements that it brings to, to make that work. Um, but the other thing that I'll say is, you know, going back to direct attached memory, um, right now, we talk a lot about, well, you have this many, you know, um, DRAM channels on a CPU from an Intel or an AMD or pick your favorite CPU company. And CXL, which runs over PCIe, which is a ubiquitous interface, there's increasing number of lanes per CPU to allow for it to be used to do interesting things. You can take that CXL memory and you can add more memory bandwidth or more memory capacity or introduce new types of memory over that additional interface. But I would, I would suggest also that if you look far enough out, um, the CPUs themselves today, what are they growing to? More than 6,000 pins, uh, something like that. Like I've talked to customers that they can't conceivably go two DIMMs per channel on a socket in a CPU because they physically are running out of space in a server if it's a two socket server, for example. In fact, maybe even a two socket server becomes hard to build because these things get so large. So I would say that there's also a possibility down the road that the serial memory, as opposed to delivering a new memory tier, sort of is just the mechanism to attach memory to a CPU, whether it's hot, whether it's warm, whether it's cool, whether it's cold. And I would point to a company like IBM who's demonstrated, has pioneered sort of this, this thought experiment, which is, you know, serializing memory on their power series. Um, so, so is that a direction that we could also go? And that's gonna require new standards work in terms of form factors of memory components, as well as perhaps the protocol itself. So there's a number of different directions that we could go beyond the direct memory attachment with CXL that we talk about quite a bit as an industry right now and pooling, right? There's the, the, those, those two sort of different paths, which I think are very powerful and very interesting and speak to why we're all making these investments right now. Yeah, and speaking of that, um... I think that we can all kind of understand where, uh, you know, that Rambus has, is able to bring IP to the market uh, in terms of helping, you know, basically ha having, and I think you've already maybe announced some product in that area, or maybe there, you know, we've heard about it, but, um, but where, where, where does the product picture go for you? Um, are you basically going to be enabling uh, with IP or are there going to be Rambus products? 
Yeah, um, great question. Uh, as, uh, as you know, Stephen, we haven't uh, made any announcements yet in the area of specific CXL products. Um, we do have, you know, uh, lots of information available about the IP that we make available to the ecosystem to build products of their own. All I can tell you right now is that we're doing some pretty interesting stuff in this area. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be talking about it a little bit more openly soon. Um, you do get a bit of a hint for the direction we're headed. If you look at some of the uh, uh, publications that we've issued on our CXL initiative, but the rest of it, we'll have to uh, wait for uh, wait for a future discussion before I can talk more about it. Well, I can't wait to hear what that is. Um, but but in terms of IP, at least, it's it's great to know that uh, that you all are there to basically support these products that are coming to market with. Uh, you know, with the Rambus technology, and 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 I guess for now, um, you know, that th that is one of the approaches that a lot of companies are making to um, to <laughs> basically uh, some of them are providing IP and some of them are providing uh, you know a, a product, and uh, and and they're all meeting together in the in the CXL market. Um, another question that I would have relating to Rambus, though, is um, you know. There's a whole thicket of intellectual property here. Um, it, how does that work? I mean, if we're outsiders. We don't see how it goes. How does it work to bring technology from 30 different companies together into a standard? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting problem space. But, you know, one that we've navigated successfully in the past. And I'll, again, I'll go back to examples like storage, right? I mean, the situation was no different with SAS or SATA. It was no different with NVMe, even PCIe itself. And I think at a certain point, um, the opportunity for technology innovation and the need for product to you know, enable it becomes so clear that you kind of have to sit at the table with your partners and your customers to ensure that we're all investing R&D dollars in a manner that we can deliver some ROI. And then the only way you can really achieve that is consensus at some level. And so, yes, is there an art in enabling standardization while leaving an opportunity for innovation? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, it certainly is possible. It's been done before. And I think actually, to the credit of you know the end users of these products and that's the cloud service providers that's the server oems um they are very they put a great deal of importance on participation and driving in a collaborative way that work um to the point where you know they will probably say that you know they they, they don't want to partner with a company that that you know is is fighting or resisting that nobody wants to put something proprietary that you know is, is sort of defined in a in a dark room into a system that gets broadly deployed, and so it's it's really almost a mandatory part of the uh, of the uh, of the of the pre-sale cycle and of the industry enablement cycle. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna um, if you wanna make product to address these things, you just need to collaborate in that way, and everybody sees it. It makes for some very interesting and and heated discussions sometimes in, in standards standards bodies, but at the end of the day, it lands in a constructive in a constructive place, and we'll navigate it just like we navigated in the past for for those some of those standards that I mentioned, by example. 
there's one thing you mentioned there that actually set off a wee light bulb moment in my head and that was around the serialization of memory access and i hadn't really thought of it that way and again i'm getting storage flashbacks you know of, of uh, parallel ata and ut ultra two wide with the 80 pins and you know now it's down to a few pins on a on a sas cable and obviously the performance and latency and everything from where parallel was to now how it is in serial has improved so it'd be very interesting to see if if memory access took that trend i mean at the end of the day uh what is a cxl interface but a memory interface at least in one incarnation a memory interface that consumes one-third the pins of for example a ddr5 channel how is that how is that not a good thing for the compute ecosystem um, and in the long run, if we can get the latency down to where it needs to be, the reliability down to where it needs to be, it seems to me that that could be quite ubiquitous. Um, and I would also point out that when you couple it with standards like UCIE and other things, it also contributes to the disaggregation of the CPU itself at a chiplet level, because now you have new ways to plug and play different um, architectural components right at a package level. Um, which, uh, again, it introduces all kinds of interesting possibilities. Absolutely. And, and I think that, like you said, Mark, um, one of the things that I'm going to bring back in here to kind of look forward to where CXL goes, I think that one of the biggest problems that CXL is solving is what you mentioned earlier about basically um, the, the physical constraints that we're facing due to the system architecture choices that we made a decade ago. And um, so we've got too many pins, we've got too many lines, we've got too many memory channels, and we've been trying to overcome this. CXL allows us to overcome that in a, in a way that not only means that the, the physical footprint of the motherboard can be redesigned and re-engineered, but in a way that allows us to basically blow up the whole concept of a server and, and, and maybe get to this kind of rack scale architecture. And I think that the coolest thing is that in, in the long term, that opens the door to basically more compute, more memory, more storage. It opens the door to building systems that are basically impractical in current, given the constraints of current architecture. And that, I think, is really where this, you know, everything changes, you know, because there's all these dominoes that are going to fall down. As soon as we don't have, um, you know, all these ranks and ranks of memory um, stacked across the that that server, we can move that stuff around. We can we can adjust cooling, we can adjust power, we can um, you know basically adjust you know how we put how we place the CPUs. We can do all these things, and a lot of that is being held back by memory by memory channels. And I think that this changes it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I mean, if anybody. Is, is wondering if the requirement for more memory is going to go away. I encourage them to type that question into chat GPT and see what it tells you. Um, the, the, the point being that, you know, AI is not going to be slowing down anytime soon. That's a big memory driver. Um, I think uh, on one of your other episodes, um, to, to highlight the point that you just made, uh, you were talking to Dan Ernst at Microsoft, and he said something like, uh, computer architecture isn't boring. So there you go. I, I, I fully agree with him, and I think that supports your point. Absolutely not. And, um, and I think that that's really exciting uh, to see where this is going. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate having you on here. 
Uh, also, I'm really glad to hear that you're a, a listener uh, to Utilizing Tech. Um, where can people keep up the conversation with you? Where can they connect with you? Yeah, thanks, uh, Stephen. I certainly hope that uh, I can connect with uh, some of your viewers. Uh, the best opportunity coming up is I'll be delivering a keynote at MemCon 23 down in Mountain View, California um, on March 29th. So feel free to grab me at the event. Uh, please come to the session and talk to me afterwards. Also, you can reach me on LinkedIn. And for what Rambus is up to, please do visit rambus.com. Thanks again, uh, Stephen Craig, for having me today. It was a lot of fun. Hope to do it again. Great. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, and Craig and I, um, you know, will be a part of the Tech Field Day event that's happening. Actually, uh, will be uh, happened by the time this episode is published. So please check out YouTube slash Tech Field Day for video recordings. And that features a presentation from this about uh, CXL Consortium and a few of the other companies in the CXL space. So we look forward to having you join us there. Thank you for listening to Utilizing CXL, uh, part of the Utilizing Tech podcast series. If you enjoyed this discussion, please do subscribe in your favorite podcast application or on YouTube. Also, please do give us a rating or review because, of course, that's always welcome. This podcast is brought to you by gestaltit.com, your home for IT coverage from across the enterprise. For show notes and more episodes, go to utilizingtech.com or find us on Twitter or Mastodon at utilizingtech.com.